Welcome to The Pemberley Podcast, a podcast where we discuss modern-day Jane Austen adaptations. Now covering Emma Approved, I'm Jillian Davis. I'm Yolanda Rodriguez. Keep up with us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at The Pemberley. You can help support our running costs on patreon.com slash thepemberley. And if you have any questions or comments, email us at thepemberleypodcast at gmail.com. Welcome back, everyone. We want to take a sec to tell you about our newish format. Normally, we talk about whatever Jane Austen news we heard, you know, around before we get around town, around town. Normally, we talk about that stuff. And then we're like, hey, you want to talk about this video? And we're like, (laughs) yeah, we should do that. But this round with Emma approved, we wanted to try something new. And so we are going to instead start dedicating entire episodes our costume theater episodes to just talking about Jane Austen news. Yeah, because I feel like even when editing down the episodes, I condense those down just to get into the actual, like, Mm -hmm. what we're here for part of the episode. (laughs) What the people paid to see. Yeah, so at least I think in having it be a separate episode like its own thing we'll be able to dive more into what the news is and what we're excited about and all that good stuff so in the in between when we're covering emma episodes we'll also throw in costume theater episodes every now and then just to catch up on any jane austen news yeah because it's important i feel like there's not a lot of breaking news in the jane austen world and that's where you and i come in yeah We're bettering your lives. Number one source. Number one, Jane Austen. Really, the CNN. We're usually like a few weeks late, but it's fine. But you know, given that like Jane Austen books were published two hundred years ago, you know, I would say that is pretty speedy delivery. (laughs) That being said, let's dive right in. Yeah. To talking about episode three of Emma Approved, self sufficient, written by Bernie Sue. This is a very formative episode because we meet Harriet. Well, the main thing that Knightley has been trying to push on Emma is to hire an assistant. Mm -hmm. And she's been blatantly ignoring that and just whatever pile of resumes that Knightley has on his desk that he's finally sorted through for her and picked out the best candidate, she had no desire to even look at it. She like barely glanced at it and tossed it away. She just like doesn't want to admit that she needs help or doesn't think she needs the help. Weird because she's says i don't need the help and good for you for being a strong independent woman however knightley is her de facto assistant like he basically helps her and he needs to focus on the boring businessy stuff well that's the great line where she he jumps in and saying i don't need any help says the woman who set up a company with her dad's money and me to do all of the actual business work. That's a, another little insight into uh, Emma's world. Like, yeah. she works hard. She definitely, oh, yeah. like, deserves to have this company and she works very hard. And She's nonstop thinking about Emma approved and she's always thinking of ways to make it bigger and better and all that kind of stuff. But, like, the practical day-to-day stuff falls on nightly and... You know, he needs an assistant. It's really not Emma who needs it. It's like the office itself needs an assistant to take on all of that grunt work. Yes. And luckily he found Harriet Smith, who is highly motivated or double major, highly motivated. Yeah. And double majored in marketing and library science. You know know who does that? I don't know. (laughs) She was interested in it. You know, good for her. I think that Harriet deserves a prequel. 
because here's what basically happens. She's like, fine, I'll call Harriet. And instead of sitting her in, Earl is setting up an appointment for a real interview interview where she comes in and you do the whole, did you find the place okay? That's not Emma's style. No. She calls her and she's like, is this, are you that Harriet? And she's like, yeah, that's me. And she's like, great, come here in an hour and bring me a white chocolate mocha or whatever it is, non-dairy. And I'm not giving you the address or any help. Fly, little bird, fly. (laughs) (laughs) I think she was probably, like, on her way back from somewhere. Because, I mean, she was very casually dressed. Maybe she was out, like, getting coffee. Or maybe she was, like... Well, of course she was getting coffee. Emma asked her to. Yeah. But she could have been, like, grocery shopping. She could have been, like, doing something with her day. Or maybe she went to the library. And then her entire day is disrupted by, like, find these offices. Get the specific coffee that Emma wants. And be there within the hour. Who knows? She could have been on the other side of town and she had to, like, fight traffic to get to wherever the offices are. That's a very big deal I feel like for her to have gotten there in time and with the coffee, with the right coffee, she must have lived on the same side of town because there's no way. Well, and this is why I think Harriet deserves a prequel because, (laughs) first of all, she clearly doesn't have a job yet. Like, she's look like... It's extremely possible she just graduated yeah. and is in that slump where you're like, someone hire me. That's true. It could be like the summer after she just graduated and, you know, she's just, this is home for her. So she's just trying to explore around and find a job. So, But I'm, I'm curious to know what she was doing the day that she got this. Like, what was she? She could have been coming from the gym. She could have showed up in gym clothes. This might have been like the first thing she applied for right out of college and she got it. I want to know why someone who majors in library science, which is, I got to say, a degree that usually takes you on the route to working at a university. Yeah. I'd like to know what she's doing applying for jobs where she, well, like, does this. I mean, she she probably had interest in both and was just applying widely. Yeah. Again, we don't know. We're making this up for we her. We are completely <laughs> inventing the pre-Emma Harriet. Yeah. Maybe she would have also been happy in a, in a university library. Just helping people in that way but instead she gets to help people in a very different way and And lead them to greatness yes lead them to greatness (laughs) i believe in the book harriet is like girl who's like orphaned at a very young age Mm. and so she's living with relatives and the relatives bring her here and that's how she meets emma Mm. but i actually think i mean like speaking of like the adaptation i do think that an assistant is like a very appropriate relationship to emma yeah because she bosses her around in the book she tells her what to do she's like let me dictate your life and that makes a ton of sense as an assistant that that would happen but like you know she obviously likes harriet and takes a shining to her yeah she set up impossible standards right from the get-go and harriet fulfilled all of them she did like she rose to the occasion if i called my parents and told them about the job interview i just had they'd be like this woman is get out of that industry right now out come home (laughs) I remember you tweeted once that almond milk was the new soy milk. So I did some research and went to a cafe that had it. And I do like that end tag that Emma tells her to just like casually spill a bit of that latte on Knightley's pants. Yeah. Because I mean, she's like, her number one priority is still trying to make people's lives better in the very Emma way of like, I'm going to ruin your pants so you have to get rid of them. <laughs> nope, that's genius. I mean. Do you think that you'd be able, if you were instructed to do that, would, would you do that? I don't think I'd have the guts. Um, I, okay, imagine John Mulaney, oh because God. I know you love him. You had interviewed and got the position of John Mulaney's assistant. Oh my gosh. And he said, I hate that other guy. Please spill a bit of this coffee on his pants. What would you do? I think 
I would like sit there and I'd be like, what am I doing with my life? Why do I care what this man thinks of me? And then I'd remember that he's everything to me. And I'd spill the coffee. I, like, I think <laughs> I'd like be real. I would try my best to like just come off to the other guy as incompetent. Yeah. <laughs> knowing oh, no. in my heart that John Mulaney would know how competent I yeah. am. Yeah. So yeah, I guess I'd bite the bullet. I Because so, yeah. that's the situation Harriet's in. This is someone she admires so much. And so, she's such a fan of her blog that she remembers that she thinks almond milk is a new soy milk and everything like that so that's the level of fan she's at that's true but i think i'd have to have a very important sit down with myself later about like okay (laughs) let's not lose touch with who we are yeah my parents didn't raise me this way (laughs) to be just like a a puppet of doing whatever someone asks because like then it's gonna be like hey will you take this package to the bus station yeah oh no (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> would have me do that but i would just be like just be aware yeah of the things he's asking you yeah to do and what that's they very mean. true harriet's letting herself get in that position mm-hmm. but you know we'll see what happens with that i guess <laughs> i'm very curious to know what else she's gonna have her do yeah let's go then into episode four the right decision written by bernie sue so this is where we get back into the engagement that Emma is trying to salvage right now with Annie Taylor and Ryan. Who has flawless taste in clothes. Yeah, that trench coat, whatever. Trench coat over the dress with heels. My goodness. I felt like it was in an old movie. (laughs) (laughs) The bag, everything. Yeah. Jessica Snyder was the stylist on this show, and I think we're just going to endlessly compliment her yes. for all of her clothing choices on I'd these like, characters. I'd like her to redo my wardrobe. Oh my goodness, can you imagine? <laughs> I cannot, and especially since I'm wearing a Lizzie Bennet Diaries t-shirt right now. <laughs> Don't redo that, but redo everything else. <laughs> but we still have it. Emma hasn't solved her problem with Annie. No. This is like the first time they're seeing each other in person in a while, it seems like. Mm-hmm. And this is like the real sit-down of like... Emma's just going to unleash all of her Emma powers to be like, no, I know the right thing for you to do is to not cancel this wedding. And I just need to convince you that that is also the right decision without telling her that. It's very, I think, she has to be manipulative. you know, we keep mentioning the big, big fat Greek wedding, but it is like, you know, the woman, the man is the, the man head, is the head of the, the woman house. is the neck and you just turn She it. can make the head turn any way she wants. Yeah, it's like c- convincing the other person that it's their idea mm-hmm. without telling them the idea. So that's what she's up to. It's very sneaky and underhanded. Oh, yeah. She's yeah, very, yeah. like, Emma's kind of a Slytherin. She's very manipulative. She's manipulative in a positive way. But I feel like every villain who's ever been manipulative is like, I'm doing this for the greater good. No one thinks they're the villain. Right. Not that I want to like villainize Emma. But I gotta say, that's, I mean, basically all she does is say like, oh yeah, friend, I I support you canceling your marriage. Now, why don't we go binder, big binder and talk about everything that needs to be done yeah she goes through like every detail that she's already planned the meals the venue the impossible venue that took is has been booked for years apparently and all these great details that annie's gonna have to go through and sign to cancel every single one remember that place was booked years in advance but i took care of it you called in a favor i am always here for you i wow (laughs) this is a lot so it's a lot to take in. I mean, and that's Emma's purpose is to try to overwhelm Annie with like all of the planning that's already gone into this elaborate wedding. It's like, do you really want to cancel the biggest day of your life right now? I think also one of the really 
biggest hits that she like throws towards Annie is when she says, I know Ryan doesn't have a lot of family, but he's got these really important business contacts coming to the wedding and yeah. they're flying in from all over the world and they need to get like I don't know it's just like, it, like it reminding is, her that like he's gonna be embarrassed it's when jeopardizing all this goes his down. own professional life because yeah. obviously she still cares like she wouldn't be doing this if she didn't care about him right and it's interesting though the, like when I sort of think about this because it's very overwhelming to think about all the stuff you have to cancel and all the party events that aren't gonna happen anymore and all the people whose plans are gonna have to change but, like, that's nothing. Like, signing a few forms is nothing compared right. to, you know, the emotional heartbreak of canceling your wedding and dealing with the aftermath. But, well, but especially, I'm really curious to know why she wants to cancel this wedding. Because it sounds like Ryan's great. It seems like she's doing fine. Why does she want to cancel this wedding? We don't know that reason yet. Yeah. I, like, I, think, I genuinely forget. Yeah. I think you had a good point. We were talking a bit before we started recording about how the language Annie is using is like canceling the wedding. It's not, I need to break up with Ryan. Yeah. It's really focusing on this like giant event that's maybe gotten way bigger than even she anticipated. Exactly. And way more like exclusive or important or ho- however. And it's so built up in her mind that it's like, whoa, this is a way bigger step i just wanted to marry this guy and now it's like this whole big deal yeah but i think even then when annie comes back with all the forms she has that key line of saying start canceling everything and see what deposits you can get back uh huh sure better to stop this wedding now than have a bad marriage whoa like that's That's the the key that's and that was the first time she said something kind of Alluding more to her relationship yes, than yeah. the wedding. Because, yeah, I, I feel like, you know, let's hypothetically say that I'm engaged to a, a cu- cupcake mogul. Okay. That sounds like a great life. Yeah. <laughs> I could do that. If, like, for all the cupcake Come moguls on, listening out there, I'm single. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, I feel like you would use language more of, like, breaking up, um, ending yeah. the relationship. And she just talks a lot more about like canceling the wedding canceling the wedding which is like part of the breakup process but i feel like you know i think that's what emma picks up on as we'll see kind of later we're not there yet but that's what emma picks up on is like the language that annie uses is more focused on this wedding on this day and it's not about ryan like she doesn't she doesn't relate this canceling this day to breaking up with Ryan Mm -hmm. and maybe that's something that she hasn't fully processed either but it's like you know at the end she is like all right I gotta tell my family I guess I gotta tell Ryan like I should tell the groom I should tell him you know like uh it's sort of I think it is an overwhelming decision that's sort of hitting her all at once and you know in that moment she's signing everything but it's like whether or not she's really processing what this means for her own personal relationship with this man she loves right i don't know and like with emma she's more than welcome to think that annie and ryan belong together right and that this relationship should last and that her and that her friend is making a bad choice but i think the way to solve it is to just sit down and say annie why do you want to break up with this guy instead well, of like trying to get her to sign a bunch of forms that's where the professional and personal alliance gets so blurred with emma because in a professional setting she should be canceling everything immediately upon like your client's request to cancel an event you go through and you save them as much money as possible but because she has such a personal relationship with 
her friend. She's doing what's best for her friend. She's not doing what's best for her client. Yeah. And that's like the tricky line that Emma's in between right now. Yeah. And I mean, I think this is one of those moments in life where friend trumps client. Yeah. Because. Yeah, yeah. Well, because, I mean, actually, she's not being good to her client because her client's like, cancel everything. And then she rips up everything she signed. <laughs> that's true. So I feel like by being a horrible planner, she needs to be a good friend at the very least. Also, this is being recorded, so, like, <laughs> yeah. is she, she going to submit this part to the Lifestyle Excellence panel? She has <laughs> options. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she can cut that part out, I'm sure. Well, I guess we'll see. I'm actually very curious to know why she wants to get rid of Mr. Perfect. Yeah. So let's go to the comments section now, jumping to the comments where we read original YouTube comments from when the episodes first aired, starting with episode three. French Swiss Border says... Emma isn't exactly torturing Harriet. She does what's best, but at the same time, she acknowledges the influence she has and does believe herself to be superior in most ways. She thinks she's the best and, well, she knows she's the best at what she does and has a perfect streak, so. She just hasn't been knocked down yet. Yeah, (laughs) not yet. (laughs) Not yet. Ileana Herrera says, so far, I'm really liking this adaptation. I remember reading Emma, even seeing several TV movie versions, and Emma has always rubbed me the wrong way at the beginning. I feel this is exactly the kind of person Emma would be in today's day and age. She's not particularly likable at this point, but I'm confident in the team behind the series that I'll grow to love her, just as I always do. Aww. Yeah, nice. It's again, it's like that relatability to this character, and it's like person who presents themselves as so perfect how can you relate to someone who's perfect i know but you know she'll she'll get knocked down yeah h jerta 92 says last year of my bachelor's degree in library and information science i'm a little hurt emma (laughs) see we didn't think we'd be offending anybody the whole time they're out there they're out there tell us what you do for a living please (laughs) rachel m says Harriet is so, so, so cute, but I'm a tad worried how much influence Emma has over her. I sense the time to reread. Emma, I mean, Harriet is just way too enthusiastic right now. She's just... I know. She's like, like, Emma has a blog, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Everyone has a blog. I like, know. I know dogs with blogs. Dogs with Instagrams. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They're out there. Speaking of dogs with Instagrams, if you don't follow Fitzwilliam Waffles... That is a very influential dog, and I am a fan of that dog. So if, I get I get the fandom. Yeah, if, if you're not following Fitzwilliam Waffles on Instagram, you can just see yourself out. <laughs> you can just go follow him. <laughs> you can just go follow him. It's, it's the most adorable dog ever. Yeah, you're making a bad life choice if you're not following him on Instagram. <laughs> For episode four comments, Audrey Golightly13 says, Wow, really, Emma? Trying to guilt trip her with financials to pressure Annie into staying in what seems to be a bad relationship instead of being there for her emotionally and helping her work through her feelings? Some best friend you are. It's pretty clear Emma's just doing what's best for her, even if she's convinced herself it's best for Annie. Amen. Whoa. Well, that's the thing. This person is assuming that Annie and Ryan have a bad relationship, and we don't actually know that. I mean, the other thing she says is, like, Emma actually has her own best interests at heart. Well, yeah. I mean, well, but it's interesting, because think about it. Like, obviously, her planning this wedding is going to make her a ton of money. But that's not really what she's after. She's after the happily ever after. Yeah, I'm sure, like, 
if he's a big deal and he has this great company, yeah, it would be good press for Emma approved. But end of the day, I think she's looking for, you know, make love connections and see people who are happy. Yeah, especially her best friend. Yeah. Kat Taylor says, I'm absolutely loving this. The only adjustment for me, honestly, is that Mr. Knightley is the same age and position as Emma. In the Mm. book, Knightley is older, and therefore him being a critic of Emma carries a good amount of weight. Hmm. It'll be interesting to see how they adjust to fit, since they got rid of the huge age difference, for obvious reasons. Yeah, he was like 17 years older than her. Yeah. I mean, like in the movie, the Gwyneth Paltrow movie, like... He's really cute, like the actor, like a very good looking man. And obviously I don't think they were actually like 17 years apart, but I think they're supposed to be like 20 and 37, which is a good point about the opinion thing. Yeah, I think just highlighting their differences is how they're kind of playing this off as far as like he is such the business logical person and she's big picture rainbows person. Yeah, yeah. They're just different people. Yeah. I feel like I don't even need an age difference to quantify his criticisms of her yeah send the rain says i desperately want to know why annie wants to call off the wedding unlike others i do love this emma except i think it's a little strange that she hasn't asked Annie why annie is hesitant simply in order to convince her that said reason is silly i also have to laugh because of her whatever she has to cancel my mind immediately went to serious while hers went to irrelevant oh emma Yeah, you can't just, like, you can't just discard people's feelings. Well, that's the thing, is, like, she, even though they're friends, she hasn't really talked to her as a friend of, like, so why do you want to cancel this wedding? That would be the first thing out of my mind. I'd be like, what did he do? (laughs) I think, like, she is such an, in some ways, she's, like, so focused in on the business, and other ways she's, forgets about the personal life, too, so... I think she just needs to have that heart-to-heart with her friend and figure out what is the root of the problem because that's how you fix it. You get to the root of it. She she should have fixed it. Mm. She could have fixed it way sooner. Yeah. Aisling says, anyone thinks Alex is absent because he had to take time out to go shopping for new khakis? That's a good point. Probably. (laughs) Yeah. Probably Old Navy getting new khakis that look exactly (laughs) the same. The same exact pair of pants or he just had like an extra pair at home i imagine he has like 20 pairs of the same khaki pants like they were on sale and he was like i have to this is a great deal yeah (laughs) it's a smoking deal we're gonna find out i think in the next episode what's up with annie's marriage what's up what's going on what's the reason stay tuned this episode has been pemberley podcast approved